Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 297. Yes, you heard me correctly. We're only three away from that magical number of 300. I have no idea why that would be magical. <laughs> January 8th, 2020, 54 degrees on this day in 2003. That's two days in a row. That was pretty nice in 2003. 30 below in 1875. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. That Keeler-like voice reminds me of something. He is the cover photograph on the current issue of Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine. Oh, mm-hmm. boy, that one's raising a lot of controversy. And I, I had to go to the CP this morning and said, are you done with this? And she said, yes. I said, I can't look at this picture anymore. And she said, either can I get rid of it. We put it in the recycling. It's, I didn't want any kids to see it. It was, it was frightening. <laughs> did you read the piece? I did. I did. Why is it raising so much controversy? Um, because they they really didn't, from what I understand, I didn't read the piece, but they really didn't address the issues, and the only women they talked to were non-victims. Oh. And that he actually, at the time of the firing, got out in front of it um, before they could fire him, and it, it, somebody actually quit the Some magazine. Some quit, quit, quit the magazine One over of their it. popular columnists yeah. quit. Just yeah. Her contention yeah. being, why are we give, continuing to give this guy so much coverage? There's more deserving people that need this coverage. And, but the the media has always been obsequious to Garrison Keeler in this town. Always, hmm. always. Who wrote the piece? I don't remember. Oh, okay. Uh, say... Uh, <sighs> A devil's horns appeared in the yeah. sky uh, over the Persian Gulf this morning. Well, it was an eclipse, and the <laughs> photographer waited and waited and waited, knowing full well that he'd he'd get the two upturned ends of the vision of the moon once it once it began to sink below the horizon. Yeah, and but uh, it was uh, uh, it, it was uncanny that it looked like devil's horns, exactly. and then they could also capture them from the air. Did you see those ones? John? I didn't did see you, those. Just the did language. you guys find it a tad bit haunting? I did. The devil's horns, didn't you? Of course. Why yeah. am I bringing yeah. it up? Now it's the sun. The sun is a terrible tabloid, and no one, no one legitimate is covering it because obviously it's just a a, a nifty photographic trick of the eclipse mm-hmm. and what happens. But and, but it's certainly happening at an untoward time, just like the crash of a, a jet last night yeah. uh, in uh, Tehran, was it? Uh, it had about 30 Canadians on board, and now mm-hmm. uh, Iran will not release the black box back to Boeing. I thought it was 60 Canadians. Well, whatever. Uh, unfortunately, everyone on the plane died. Right. Yeah. I don't know why so many Canadians would have been in Iran. Do Canadians question. vacation there? And was the no-fly order the direct result of that crash, or was it the direct result of the conflict happening right now? I think the direct result of the conflict. Yeah, okay. I think yeah, after the uh, they released the rockets, right, wasn't it last night? Is, I think is when they put the no Why did Iran purposely not want to kill anybody? So it wouldn't escalate, I would think. Whose phone is ringing? Is, is mine ringing? It's uh, 63. 63 so, Canadians were on 63 the flight. 63 Canadians. Yeah. What's the movie I saw about the escape from Iran? Somebody was, oh, oh um, 
they faked like they were producing a movie. Oh, What's yeah. And they the, got all the people out. It was the spy's name. Um, it's a really it good was. movie. Yeah. Well, uh, in any event, I want to revisit the Australian. Argo. Oh, Argo. 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 Yeah. Yes. I want to revisit the Australian wildfires as the celebrity <laughs> class, the uh, rock music celebrity class, the uh, leftist class, the... Greta Thunberg crowd uh, really, really, really conveniently using the Australian fires as an example of why immediate action must be taken to stop the climate from changing, which is an absurd contention to begin with. Mm -hmm. We've been through it a million times. You can't change the climate. It's always changed, and it has nothing to do with people. Uh, but maybe instead of constantly hearing it from me, you might want to consider what a, gu a guy named James Morrow has said in today's Wall Street Journal. He's the opinion editor of Australia's Daily Telegraph. Okay. Well, that's a ray of hope right there. Right. We've got a newspaper guy weighing in. He writes, and I'm going to read this to you, whether you like it or not. Well, there's some good... There, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You should. Absolutely. It is. It's fascinating. I'll never forget my first Christmas in Australia. The year was 2001. Well, you don't have to read that part. That's boring. <laughs> no, it's not. It sets it up, you dummy. I'll never forget my first Christmas in Australia. The year that was 2001. The mercury hovered around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. You don't get a white Christmas in Sydney. From the balcony of an apartment overlooking Bondi Beach, I watched the sky turn from bright blue to an ashen gray to a brackish brown as smoke poured down from over the hill behind us. What would later be known as the Black Christmas fires raged in the Blue Mountains 50 or so miles inland. Climate change hadn't become the catch-all explanation for natural disasters. My hosts, who grew up with bad fire seasons, shook their heads and carved the turkey. Climate change hasn't become, oh, I'm sorry, nearly 20 years later, uh, much of the eastern half of the country has again been hit with bad brush fires. The current round of blazes started late last year. It has charred uh, at least 15 million acres and killed more than two dozen Australians, including brave volunteer firefighters who rush into the inferno to save homes and lives. The climate change narrative grossly oversimplifies bushfires whose causes are as complex as their recurrence is predictable. Australia is in the midst of one of its regular droughts. Regular. Regular droughts. Okay. Key. Byzantine environmental restrictions prevent landowners from clearing scrub, brush, and trees. Does that mm. sound familiar? Mm. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Interesting. State governments don't do their part to reduce the fuel load in parks. Does that sound familiar? Boy, does it. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Last November, a former fire chief in Victoria slammed the state's minimalist approach to hazard reduction burning in the off-season. That complaint is heard across the country. As for the proximate cause, anything from a lightning strike to a spark from a power tool to arson can touch off a conflagration. More than 180 people have been arrested for arson for illegally starting blazes since the start of the current bushfire season. It's a regular season in Australia. Sometimes they get lucky, sometimes they don't. Right. Yet the narrative that has been built around the fires and broadcast around the world points the finger only at man-made climate change and specifically at Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Activists insist that if his government had an effective climate policy, <laughs> it would somehow help snuff out the flames. <laughs> Never mind that Australia emits only 1 77th of the world's man-made carbon dioxide, the country's complete deindustrialization wouldn't budge the global thermostat. 
In radical corners of Australian social media, activists play out fantasies of the government's dissolution and replacement with some sort of revolutionary People's Climate Assembly taking power. On Monday, a parliamentarian from the Australian Greens tweeted about one day holding climate trials to deal with conservative politicians. Stunning turn of Isn't phrase. Isn't that something? That mm-hmm. is. I think that's the first time we've heard that. But it's the first time I have. But it's something we've all felt is coming. Well, the mayor of St. Paul, Chris Coleman, wrote an editorial condemning me as a climate denier. The great denier. The great denier. And that cheap bastard never even got me a certificate. (laughs) I would have hung that on my wall, Chris. It's it's the great denier day in St. Paul. (laughs) In radical corners of Australian social media, oh, I said that already. The climate blame game is driven in large part by an Australian left still smarting from its election lost last May. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Boy, does it. When the smart money had it that Mr. Morrison would be shown the door in favor of a progressive government led by the Labor Party. Like Brexit, Donald Trump and Boris Johnson, Mr. Morrison was not supposed to win, according to the chattering classes, the Louvi left, as they're known in Australia. A socially conservative, church-going Christian and father of two who presents as a slightly goofy suburban everyman, a daggy dad, as they say, (laughs) Mr. Morrison won over the country. Uh, His liberal party, in coalition with the National Party, took seats across suburban and rural Australia, 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 leaving only the most fashionable urban districts to labor in the Greens. Closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, f- from what I understand, their liberal party is our conservative party? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Right. Mr. Morrison's enemies thought they'd found an opening with the fires. They leapt on a poorly timed family holiday, which saw Mr. Morrison absent when things started to get bad, and an initial response when he returned that many found underwhelming. Yet it's unlikely the country will be forced into some radical climate program. Australians understand their climate has always been one of the deadliest in the world and that the country's modern history is signposted with huge and deadly bushfire seasons. Being a pragmatic, realistic lot, they know that no act of economic self-harm can do anything to change the weather. Here, here. Uh, name of the column and, and author yeah, again, please, because people to... are going to ask an email. Yeah, and keep it handy because I have a, a question for you. It's called Why Down Under is Burning Up. Why Down Under. Dateline Down Sydney, Australia, by James Morrow, M O R R O W, who is the opinion editor of Australia's Daily Telegraph. Thank you. And uh, I realize this is not uh, Positive Thursday, sponsored by Schoon Over Body Works and Glass. Of But don't you think this is a, a, a positive in here? Like Brexit, Donald Trump, and Boris Johnson, yes. Mr. Morrison was not supposed to win. God help us. God help us that Boris... The Australian Prime Minister and Trump are what stands between us and the mystery. Wow. Well, them and the people that, I don't know, voted voted for him. And I say I don't know because some people may have held their nose and voted for him. But nonetheless, they got in. Trump won the vast majority of the country's real estate. And the left will always win the majority of the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, which is why the founders in their brilliant, brilliant. Damn, was that smart. Prophesying created the Electoral College. Uh, Bernie Sanders, by my estimation, is the least 
worthy candidate of the Democratic Party to become president of a free country. Well, he's, he's a fraud, Joe. He's listen, a liar. Listen to this. Sanders compared uh, the getting rid of salami. Uh, oh, boy. To Vladimir Putin uh, putting his dissidents aside. What? Oh, boy. Bernie, Bernie came up shot. with a moral. He, wow. he made Putin getting rid of his enemies the moral equivalent of Trump getting rid of a, one of the worst terrorists in the world. He's, <laughs> yeah, He's the he's, least qualified human oh. being to be president of this country. Man. During an interview with CNN's Anderson Cooper, I wish I would have seen it. Uh, did Cooper fight back? I have no idea. I didn't see it either. Sanders said the killing of Salami will cause chaos and instability. This guy, you know, was as bad as he was. See, the left always has to say, I know he was a bad guy, but... But Trump's worse. <laughs> right. This guy, you know, was as bad as he was, an official of the Iranian government, Sanders said of Salami. And you unleash then, if China does that, you know, if Russia does that, you know, I don't know what Bernie's babbling about here. <laughs> Russia has been implicated under Putin with assassinating dissidents. So once you're in the business of assassination, you unleash some very, very terrible forces. And what I'm seeing now in this world is a result of Trump, more and more chaos, more and more instability. Uh, whether one agrees with Salami's killing or not, Sanders' comparison is objectively nonsensical. With the strike against Salami, the U.S. eliminated a military leader from an adversarial nation who was responsible for American deaths, which is obviously quite different than if the president had ordered the assassination of a domestic political opponent. Mm. Bernie's wow. a fool. He's an old, mean-spirited fool. And I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. The things he s says are so outlandish. It's almost like the game I play with John Haidt when, when I... <laughs> When I slam a musical artist, I think to myself, "This will hook him." Yeah, yeah. That's, there's what yeah, he says does. is so absurd that it reminds me of me being absurd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you also think that he's preying upon the current fear in a lot of the American public with what's going on internationally? Do you think that that's part of this game here that he's playing right now? But to what end? Oh, just to get for, their for vote. votes. Just to get their for vote. For votes, 100%. Because here's, here was, I was thinking about this this morning on my drive-in, Joe. Obviously, we all think that there's a tad bit of unrest right now uh, internationally. <laughs> I think so. But are we really that much more? <laughs> we, we're the most powerful country in the world. Another way to look at this. What if Trump did the right thing? Well, I think it was the right thing to I get do rid too. of Salami. I do, too. Okay. What yeah. if it works? That's just it. You but know, you said it yesterday. There's always the but. Well, did you? You and I watched the press conference this morning, yeah. scheduled for eleven, that went off at eleven thirty-five. It's a little late. <laughs> the uh, I, I mean ten thirty-five. Excuse me. There was a great Rockford episode, Rockford Files, sure, uh, called "The Treasure of Paradise Cove." It was a two-parter with Marianne Hartley was the was the gal interest in thing. Sure. And what it was is Jimmy Rockford and the, and the gang and Angel and. They they came up against some people that were violating uh, around violating the beach around where uh, Rockford lived in his trailer because they they believed there was a treasure there and then the uh, the two part episode uh, got into the idea of uh, of, the, of of these uh, competing factions to to win the treasure and. Uh, and uh, Rockford was always being blustered by the the bad guys in the in the two part series. They were always saying, "We're going to get you. We're going to get you." And finally, it came down to the end where uh, uh, one of the bad guys is confronted by uh, uh, Rockford, and the guy throws down his shovel and runs away. And Rockford says, "I knew it. I knew it." Meaning you weren't a tough guy. That's what Iran is reminding me of. Maybe maybe you push them up against the wall, they'll back down.
Well, they already, yeah. Yeah. They fired rockets yesterday. And said, oh, we're good. Didn't hurt anybody. Right. You want the New York Times? Uh, no, oh, hell no. We oh, don't know. No, no, you need to hear this. You need to hear this. Leave the premises immediately. The uh, New York Times uh, institutionally tweeted uh, from their obituary section that uh, what Salami was a terror mastermind. And last week, in a U.S. military airstrike ordered by Donald Trump, the other they had two obits, one on Salami and one on uh, former NFL head coach <laughs> Sam Weish. Uh, and the uh, which one was more friendly? <laughs> salami. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Uh, Kasim Salami, master of Iran's intrigue and force, dies at sixty-two. That was the Times headline. You ready for Sam Weish? Sam Weish, who was the last coach to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl, but who was later fined by the National Football League for barring a female reporter from the team's locker room, has died. There you go. That's all you need to know about how isolated the people at the Times are from the rest of the world. They really are. They're almost like the political class. They have no relation to the general public whatsoever. Here is their, uh, and it's the it's tweeted under what's called NYT obituaries at the uh, NYT. Quasim Salami, I'm going to just keep calling him Salami. Yeah. <laughs> Quasim Salami, master of Iran's intrigue and force, dies oh, they, at 62. They make him sound like he's a, a romantic movie, uh, <laughs> yeah. like James Bond, yes. or, or one of the uh, lovable villains in a James Bond movie. And here's the same obit uh, department tweet on Sam Weish. Sam Weish, who was the last coach to lead the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl, but who was later fined by the National Football League for barring a female reporter from the team's locker room has died. You suppose the readers of the subs- and the subscribers of that newspaper, do you think they read that and it doesn't register in their brain what they're being fed? Or do you think they know it and love it? That's a that's a that's an interesting question. Uh because they're they're opinion makers and they're they're you know th- A sadistic killer who buddied up with terror organizations ordered the killing of Americans and most recently was believed to be behind the attack on the U.S. Embassy. And then you got a former NFL coach who wanted to give his players some privacy. It's just just beyond the pale. It's just beyond the pale. Here's uh, a... I heard on a different radio show today. What was I'll tell you who it was. Glenn Beck. I sometimes listen to Glenn Beck. And uh, he was he was announcing that the Time magazine uh, has proposed to its readers that they have uh, the means by which parents can now talk to their children about the death of salami in case the children are. And as Beck pointed out, no kids talking about it. What, What's what, he what are you nuts? Yeah. Well, because that's again, the left has lost its ability to accept. Evil. Well, they see it in conservatives. That's the only place they see it. Here's Bernie on Anderson Cooper, right. and this will be Anderson's uh, reaction. Yeah. Of the Iranian uh, government, and you unleash. Then, if China does that, you know, if Russia does that, you know, Russia has been implicated under Putin with assassinating dissidents. So once you're in the business of assassination. You unleash some very, very terrible forces. Don't and let me down, what I am Anderson. seeing now in this world, as a result of Trump's uh, actions, more and more chaos, more and more instability. 
Uh, and it is absolutely imperative that the United States Congress stand up. Because by the way, let us never forget that according to the Constitution of the United States, of which some of us actually believe in and respect, it is Congress that has the responsibility for making war, not the President of the United States. And that is why we have got to pass a, um, an authorization legislation that makes it very clear that Trump does not have the right to go to war uh, without the authorization of the United States Congress. Shout and out. also, I will work <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't have the money uh, to do that. Your Democratic colleague, Senator Murphy, oh, tweeted that no, targeting civilians and cultural... Let it go. They well, let the whole Putin you, thing go. Huh? You know what, though? Why would Anderson want to point it out? He's in the business of getting people to click on his show. He's sitting there thinking... I gotta let this crackpot keep rolling. Well, what else is gonna come out of for his, his mouth? Own, but for his own credibility, he's got to draw the line at this old fart, making True. it a moral equivalency between yeah, no, you're right. Trump taking out a terrorist and and Putin poisoning people. Right. God Almighty. There's a big difference. Yes. <laughs> more and more. Am I rambling? I don't know, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be back in a moment, huh? All right. Ricky, Ricky there? Gervais continues to have to uh, defend himself. God, it's dumb, people. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's pushing back. Good. He's he's not letting Good. up. He just he's punching back harder at these fools. And uh, he said, "How the bleep can teasing huge corporations and the richest, most privileged people in the world be considered right wing?" He said, uh, talking about his insufferable critics. Uh, but he's getting a lot of defenders now. A comedian named Jim Norton. I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's a very, yeah. funny, very, uh, very yeah. funny guy. Comedian Doug Stanhope. Yep. Uh, Doug was a writer on The Simpsons. Okay. Isn't Doug the weed guy? Piers Morgan. Yeah. Piers Morgan is defending him, and uh, many people are. And I, you know, I bet I bet Gervais is a as a lefty. He is a lefty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that proves it. You can get lefties who have a brain. But that just shows you. How powerful the club thinks it thinks that it is. Oh well, he even tweeted. Gervais tweeted something along the lines of, "How can journalists be so stupid not to realize a joke is a joke?" Right, or something along right. those lines. And so, I want to read you something. I, I don't want to dwell on it, but I, 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 it needs to be pointed out because this is going to be happening more and more. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, whether it's Chicago or San Francisco or St. Paul, Minneapolis, New York. Uh, as the salon continues to be dominated by only one party, uh, we will learn uh, something such as the following uh, right here in Minnesota. A state representative who works for St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter is under fire over what some have called a conflict of interest because she wrote a bill to fund his proposal for a college savings plan for newborns. Democratic Representative Keoli Vang Her was Carter's policy director when she was elected to the House in 2018. 
She authored a bill last session to provide matching grant funds to St. Paul for 50 bucks college savings accounts for every child born in the city in 2020 and 2021, which was one of Carter's top priorities. Because Carter is hers boss, he could show favor or withhold it based on what she might accomplish as a legislator. Anastasia Belladonna Carrera, executive director of Common Cause Minnesota, told the Star Tribune for a story published Tuesday. But her defended her advocacy of the savings plan. It's no different, she said, than other legislators, farmers, teachers, doctors, and business people promoting favorite causes. Uh, well, you're wrong, her. Uh, you're not a farmer, a teacher, a doctor, or a business person. You are a career a sycophant and a <laughs> member of the salon. There is no conflict of interest, and both jobs, my job is to advocate for the constituents of St. Paul. Well, I'm a constituent, her, and you're not advocating for me with this preposterous $50 plan. Uh, and it goes on to say, Jessica Levinson, a professor of Loyola Law School who studies ethics and politics, said the case highlights a complex web of issues. What happens if what the mayor wants is not the best thing for her constituents, Levin said? Would she stand up to him if her job and livelihood depended on keeping the mayor happy? My point being, this will happen more and more often. More and more often, you will find this, this interconnection. Uh, if, if, if either newspaper was of a mind, uh, it would be very interesting to have them dig into the relationships that Melvin Carter has with his uh, 16-member cabinet, which is now growing <laughs> by five more to administer the college savings plan. Right. It would be interesting to know... Uh, the relationship between Melvin and all of these people he's bringing on board at 150 grand a piece in health benefits. Yes, you in the back. So I'm curious, why would we need a college savings plan for all of the new boards in St. Paul when President Sanders is going to wipe out college debt yeah. anyway? Well, I'll top you. I'll see that and Trump top it. you. Okay. okay. Trump why are we worried about it? We're not going to be here in 10 well, years. You know what? That's true. <laughs> I'll come um, back to that. She's a state representative. Yeah, who was he? That's she, her. That's her one job. Yeah, and she works for him. Yeah. Well, well, that alone, in my mind, is yeah. a conflict of interest. Never no, mind this nonsense that she did. Her constituents should be calling for a, a resolution. She's got to quit one of these jobs. Where no, she, I, I, I'm reading it as that she she's no longer works for the mayor, but she did until the 2018 election. No, that doesn't make sense because he wasn't elected till twenty eighteen. She a bill last session to provide matching grants. Okay, okay. Um, because Carter is hers boss. Her name is her. Right. He could show favor. Uh, it's from what I'm reading, she yeah, still works for you know, him. You're right. You're right. You shouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. You can't work for. To morning radio shows. That's right. I mean, double You're dipping. right. She you is can't. still working for him. It's double dipping. She's 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 holding two jobs just the way uh, you know a lawyer would be a legislator, but still have his law practice. So she's a legislator, but still works for the mayor of St. Paul. So as a represent? legislator, she's carrying the mayor of St. Paul's water, and what she's saying is uh, that's perfectly acceptable because that's what any farmer would do, or lawyer would do, or teacher would do. Well, who's going to step in? Nobody. You know what? Who cares? What's your last name? <laughs> Come on, you can't have Her. the. I've given up. You can't have the Kenny Her. attitude. Yeah. We look to you for leadership ah, on this who, crap. Who cares? <laughs> By the way, yeah, I need right. to read Ricky Gervais's latest tweet. Mm -hmm. This is spectacular. This was uh, five hours ago. Uh, number one, simply pointing out whether someone is left or right wing isn't winning the argument. Number two. 
If a joke is good enough, it can be enjoyed by anyone. Yes. Number three, it's not all about you. And finally, number four, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're bleeping right. That's right. <laughs> no, that's right. God, God bless I him. love you. God bless him. Say, uh, we all we have established, we have a well-established that uh, garage logicians now all over the world uh, have adopted uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo here, as, here. Their, as their official meat palace, right? This is where we go. Meat this is palace. where you get your palace meat. Palace of meat. Palace of meat. <laughs> this is where you go to get the roasts and the burgers and the brats and the ham and the bacon and the, uh, well, I'll tell you some good stuff. Choice bone-in and boneless prime rib roast, double-smoked hams. Choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, lamb chops and roast, pickled herring, mm, mm, mm. rookie burgers and ribeye burgers and 130 different flavors of brats. You know the place. You've been meeting other GLers there. Uh, GLers, I bet, will ultimately have to force Spencer to start shipping this stuff around the world. I, I don't know so. how you do it. I don't know the logistics of it, but that that's coming. That, that day has that, to be coming. That has to happen because uh, the popularity is spreading far and wide. That's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on Highway 61, just at the very north end of Hugo, right on the east side of Highway 61. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats.com. Spends hours in hardware stores. Yes. Sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. You guys remember the uh, Sergio Leone movie, uh, Spaghetti Western, Bucket of Bullets? No. Released in 1969, oh. starring Clint Eastwood. You don't remember Bucket of Bullets? I remember a lot of Sergio Leone yeah. stuff, but not that one. Can you imagine how fun it would be to have a bucket, bucket of bullets? Of bullets. DK Mags uh, up in New Brighton. They actually have buckets of bullets. I just love that. And uh, just so happens that it's about time for this old boy to re-procure some 22 ammo up at the farm. The boy and I have been tossing a lot of lead downrange, and uh, we're about out. And I'm stunned by this price. A bucket of bullets. Uh, it's Remington 22 caliber long rifle, 36 grain. That's all we shoot. Uh, $73 for 1,400 rounds. I will take Two, please. Wow. wow. The other one I need uh, is um, uh, uh, forty cal for my Glock. I use I use these cheap uh, Blazer one eighty grain rounds for move up for yeah. no. I use them for target practice. Three hundred and fifty rounds for one hundred eleven. That's not a bad price. That's a really nice price. The secret now when you go to DK Mags. Stay focused. Get in and out and just buy what you came for because, trust me, you will drain your bank account when you go up there. I promise you all the accessories you can ever dream of. And if they don't have that firearm you need sitting right there on the shelf or under the counter, you can order it. They'll have it for you toot sweet. What about this? What about Gabe and his uh, shotgun with the uh, 12-gauge for clays? Uh, you can get you're some ammo? talking about eight. Uh, they call them eight. That's the size of the BB. You you, you want target rounds, uh, and they come twenty five per box. I, I'm just guessing that they're priced good. I'm sure they are. But uh, Federal Remington, they carry yep. them all yep. up there. All right. Um, you know what? And if you, like I said, if you need a firearm, have them order it. If it's not in true uh, in store, these guys are true GLers. The counter help guys, they're they're GLers too. They're one of us. They're awesome. Shoot. I meant to. Don't say shoot story. during a gun ad. No, I meant to cut out a story for you. Uh, Remington, Remington Arms. Right, up in Anoka. But they're made in New York. Oh, no, is it federal? No, it's, it's federal in, in, in Anoka. Anoka. I'm yep. sorry. Remington Arms is a small town in New York where virtually the entire town 
is based on Remington Arms. And they're afraid it's going to be gone and go out of business because of the lawsuits that now allow you to sue the gun manufacturer. Isn't that amazing? Outrageous. It's, Outrageous. What is this country coming Push to? Push back. Push back. Anyway, uh, the DK Mags guy, they've got a joint up in Monticello. It's called Monticello Pawn and Gun. Go to dkmags.com. Why are you looking at me like that, Johnny? I'm not. I'm not doing anything. You're not down with a bucket of bullets? Here's what I was thinking. I'm getting too old for this, but every now and then in my head, I want to put together a band of four or five guys, rehearse, be really good, go into bars, and the name of that band could be Bucket of Bullets. <laughs> I mean, that would fun. be I'll do it. I'm in. Fun. I want I got bu- me a kit. I, I, want, I a, want to rehearse. I, I want too. to be good. I don't yeah, want to be me too. sloppy. Uh, me too. I, I don't like other people, so I'm not joining your dumb band. <laughs> uh, but... I think it would be awesome to actually have a five-gallon, like um, Home Depot, one of those orange five-gallon yeah. buckets full of 22 rounds. <laughs> and I was thinking about this the other night, and I was thinking we should do a math trick for Joe. No. We'll, we'll like get a quart, uh, a quart a jar. Math trick. We'll fill them up with 22 yes. rounds, and then we're going to have Joe guess how many rounds My it would take to, feel, uh, to fill a five-gallon <laughs> bucket. <Yeah. laughs> keep He's writing it down. That'd keep him busy no, for I'm days. Making, I'm making Check marks. Oh, he's been making notes. Check marks. Here's John Height. Fifty-nine, sixty. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. President Trump backing away from further military confrontation. It appeared with Iran on Wednesday morning. After that barrage of missiles fired at American troops killed no one, and Tehran indicated it would be the end of its retaliation for the killing of that top general. The uh, president said in a televised statement, Iran appears to be standing down, which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. The president vowed again not to let Iran obtain a nuclear weapon and warned it against future terrorism or destabilizing actions in the region, but otherwise avoided any threats of additional use of force. Instead, he said he would impose more economic sanctions on Iran and called on NATO allies to become more involved in the Middle East. Not a whole lot of details, but we do know the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office is investigating an incident in Dayton that involved an officer and a civilian on Tuesday night. Officers from the Dayton and Maple Grove Police Departments plan to execute a search warrant around 4.20 in the afternoon. A person inside the home discharged a firearm. An officer returned fire. Two suspects then surrendered and were arrested. Nobody was injured. There's no danger to the public. Incident is under investigation. No further information available at this time. The Beltrami County Board of Commissioners voting against allowing the resettlement of refugees on Tuesday night. This is huge, isn't it? This is a big story. Yeah. The, the board voted 3-2 to two in favor of the ban. Commissioner Reed Olson, one of two commissioners to vote against it, he said it's a, quote, embarrassing day for Beltrami County. He said the vote makes Beltrami County look backward and out of step with progress. <coughs> uh, one of the commissioners... Uh, Jim Lukacic said he voted in favor of the ban because the county is low on funds and there would be a reality check if more migrants who needed financial assistance are accepted into the country. What's the county seat? Beltrami. Uh, Beltrami. I Becker, Beltrami, Benton, Big Stone, Blue Earth, and Brown are your B counties, okay. but I can't think of what the county it's seat is of be Beltrami. Bemidji, right? Isn't it way up north? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Bemidji, I think. I, be, I, I believe. Know. Yeah. Well, does does Beltrami County have a problem with refugees? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, they haven't had any refugees there in five years. Really? Bemidji. That made the vote somewhat of a mystery, the fact they haven't had any refugees in five years. To Bob Orig, he's the executive director of Arrive Ministries, one of Minnesota's refugee resettlement agencies. He said, quote, that's not a county that's really had any refugee resettlement. I don't know what they'd be voting for or against. 
It'd be interesting to look at a county like what what county is Wilmer in? They have a lot of refugees there. I believe they are. Uh, and, and same with Stearns County. Um, is it Candy, Ohio? Yeah, I think you're right. So Candy, Ohio, and Stearns County. It'd, it'd be interesting to see what sort of incidents they've had in the last ten years with uh, refugees, um, um, criminal wise. Sorry, Stearns County, Painesville's in Stearns County, neighboring to Candy, Ohio County. A Kiev-bound Ukraine International Airlines Boeing. By the way, when did we change the spelling of Kiev? What is it now? It's now K-Y-I-V. K-Y-I-V. It's I, I haven't changed it. To me, it's like Chicken Kiev. Yeah, Chicken yeah. Kiev. Exactly. K-I-E-V. The 737 crashed yeah. minutes after takeoff from Tehran on Wednesday, killing all 176 people on board. The Boeing, which was carrying 167 passengers and nine crew members, was an older model of the Boeing 737 MAX that's been grounded worldwide since mid-March after two fatal crashes. Flight 752 crashed shortly after 6 a.m. local time. Press photos showed emergency workers combing through a wide field of wreckage outside Tehran. The cause of the crash, which came hours after Iran launched retaliatory missile strikes on U.S. positions in Iraq for the killing of that general, was not immediately known. It's so, one hell of a coincidence, though, isn't it? It really is. Such determinations take months, but Iran's FARS news agency reported the jet crashed due to technical problems. Ukraine International Airlines said that the aircraft had been carrying citizens of Canada, Iran, Sweden, and Ukraine. It has suspended flights to Tehran indefinitely. Uh, the timing of the crash prompted speculation a stray Iranian missile may have downed the plane. Ukraine International Airlines all but discounted pilot air and said the three-year-old plane had been inspected on Monday. The vice president of operations said given the crew's experience, air probability is minimal. We do not even consider that a chance. Uh, for Kiev, K-I-E-V is the traditional and most commonly used English name for the city. Now this is, I think, I think people are starting to be cute here. K-Y-I-V is used officially by the city and is gaining frequency in English language sources. Mm. So I think you're trying to be, just, I'm yeah. super clever that I'm spelling it K-Y-I-V. No, no you're woke. I'm woke. You're oh, woke. Yeah. woke. You're woke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the horn for you. I don't think we can find it. You got it up there? I think I can, I think I think I can find oh, it. Oh, fantastic. It's got white lettering. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a white background. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Keep it up. <laughs> Keep it up. You know, a GLer should be relieved to know the engineers have been here in the studio here the last couple of days plotting where they're going to install oh. The cameras. Are we going to be on, on TV? The cameras come with microphones. Are we going to be on TV? Oh. GLers are going to be able to get a full dose of the real Joe. So let's, can't let's tell anybody. Let's peel back the curtain even more, Kenny, since you finally opened up that can of worms. On Tuesday in the mayor's return, we did the show with brand new uh, equipment right. here Software. in the studio. Software. Software. Thank you, Rook. Yeah. And uh, the, all three engineers waited till everybody was gone, and they snuck in and they said, how mad was Joe? <laughs> I said he's fine. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be okay. You did. You know what? You did. You took it very You're well. Very, I was. Very, I was stunned. I was shocked. You handled it as good as you oh, did. Yeah. Sure. But the whole camera thing, I, I just can't wait till we start releasing videos and maybe just have him on Facebook Live every day. <laughs> The Super Bowl, by far the most watched television program of the year in the United States. So uh, this year, uh, you know, the commercials cost a lot. And you know we're going to have political ads. Both President Trump and Democratic candidate Michael Bloomberg have already 
purchased one-minute ads on the Super Bowl. You know how much it cost them? Ten mil? Ten million dollars apiece. Goodness. Trump's 20- the Vikings better win because the San Francisco 49ers have an emotional support dog named Zoe, a French bulldog. Ain't even no American dog. I thought we covered We probably the, covered this at uh, one point. Yeah, you yeah. use that story. But I, I can't uh, take it. You, If you don't beat a team with an emotional support dog, you deserve to lose. Well, what's they're, that they're pretty wait, good. Wait a minute. Where are we at in the playoffs? This is the divisional round. Second round. Okay, so Such is just assuming that we are going to the Super Bowl. No, I said, did I say we? You know, you said the Vikings better win. They better beat San Francisco because San Francisco has an emotional support dog. Okay, I got gotcha. you. You got it covered. C- CNN has reached a settlement with Nick Sandman. Remember Nick? I do. He's, he's the Covington Catholic High School student who had sued the news outlet, saying it defamed him. A CNN spokesperson confirmed with the Inquirer that a settlement had been reached. They wouldn't comment on the details, and Nick's lawyers also did not respond. Nick became part of a social media firestorm last January when he was filmed with Nathan Phillips in Washington, D.C. The video showed Nick and Phillips standing close to each other in a crowd. Nick stares at Phillips as he plays a drum. The situation unfolded after the March for Life on January 18th, which Sandman and his classmates had attended. Phillips was attending the Indigenous Peoples March. By the way, that was the rare time on this show where Joe was right and the rest of us were wrong. (laughs) Boy, I was very, very wrong. And that spe- was a year ago already? A year yeah. ago about right now. Wow. Yep. Speaking of that, Jason uh, up at my talk took a lot of heat uh, yesterday and, and this morning on uh, Twitter because he, too, along with the rest of us, got it wrong. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us across the country learned a big, big, big uh-huh. lesson about uh, media. and uh, Not me. I saw that coming. And I'm still, you really did. White kid, Catholic high school, March for Life. He fit the bill. He, he fit the bill. He fit the agenda of what, of what the newspapers have come to dislike. And what did we learn about the drummer that he was supposedly confronting? Didn't we learn a few a, things about the drummer? Or the guy with the, yeah, he had the drum. He, he was getting in between uh, that really bad group of protesters. Uh, and aren't they the same the ones? Black. Oh, the Power. black Israeli. Yeah. Yeah. The same yeah. ones who killed the people in yeah. New York yeah. a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. and so there. he was placing himself in harm's way, trying to keep the two groups keep the peace. separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sandman has also sued NBC and the Washington Post. His lawyers have said they also intend to sue Gannett, which owns the Inquirer. But Joe, you getting it right? That's why you're the mayor. You know what the uh, suit is? It was $250 million defamation suit, but the amount, the dollar well, amount has settle. not been released. They're not saying yeah. uh, what, yeah. uh, what they settled He's was. probably not going to need to go to school. <laughs> Talk yeah. about your uh, rough holiday get-togethers. One of the world's most wanted drug lords has been arrested, reportedly after a tip-off by his son. The reason the son ratted out dad... Louis Del Rio, better known as El Tio. Didn't get what he wanted for Christmas? Dad was having an affair with the son's wife. Oh, I knew oh, it. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough Thanksgiving, isn't it? At one point, El Tio was trafficking at least 10 tons of cocaine to the U.S. and Europe every month. El Tio, he was a bad guy. Not only uh, was he uh, messing around with the son's, do- uh, son's wife, he also had sex with underage girls, according to officials, and police found an altar in his home where he practiced black magic. Officials are said to have seized 300 of his properties across Colombia, Mexico, and the United States. 
According to local media, the police also arrested one of his alleged partners named Jacobo. So let's just say he was taken out, Mr. Mayor. How would the New York Times write the obit for this particular drug lord after he was discovered? Uh, heralded town leader who had done much for... Family man. Family man. Family man. Considered an uncle to many. <laughs> there are now cannabis amnesty boxes at, Chicago, at Chicago's Midway and O'Hare airports. Uh, as we know, as of January 1st, recreational marijuana is legal in Illinois. Did you guys see the lines outside of some of those stores in Illinois? Yeah, they sold out. It the was stores. Wait, they were down it, blocks. Is this a lost and found situation? No, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> People aren't looking, of course, uh, the police aren't looking to identify travelers with cannabis, according to officials. Uh, however, the problem is possession of marijuana is illegal under federal law and airspace is regulated by the federal government. So travelers who do not unburden themselves oh, okay. of any unconsumed product are likely onboarding at their own risk. So before the flight, if they want just to. Just leave can, it here. Just throw it yeah. right in there. No, so. <laughs> Jesus. Who's going to get that job at the wow. airport? <laughs> yeah, who, who's taking right. that home? Uh, Aluminum plastic newspapers pot. Yeah, weed. <laughs> we got weed. weed. Hey, let's, listen, Bob, I'll go check out the yeah, uh, box today and see what's uh John, thank you. You bet. Uh, we'll be back. <laughs> you didn't get that on tape. Justice and the suture. That's why I have the rule. Quit oh. turning your dumb microphones on, you dummies, he, until he, I play the music. He turned it on right after you told him not. Are we I on now? You. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Are we on now? God help me. Uh, Tim, Tim suggests that the salon uh, here locally should be forced to read Chicago Tribune editorials. You know it's bad when the editorial board of the Chicago Tribune finally acknowledges that the salon is driving businesses and taxpayers out of the state. Quoting from a Chicago Tribune editorial. Exodus is a repetitive theme on this editorial page we know, connecting the dots between high taxes, unsustainable pension costs, and slow economic growth is a practice many elected officials in Chicago and Illinois would rather we shut up about. They don't want to admit the damage caused, in part, by one-party political dominance in Chicago and Springfield. They don't want to hear about collapsing housing markets in places like Peoria. But our job is not to look the other way, as so many Illinois politicians have. Our job is to shine a spotlight so Tribune readers can see the debacles, such as the six consecutive years of falling population that their public officials' mismanagement has aggravated. We won't stop writing about the fragile fiscal conditions across Illinois, driven largely by pension obligations and overspending, and how that affects Illinois citizens, their future, and their job opportunities. How much will it take for the political class to pay attention. More editorials connecting the dots for readers coming right up. Well, you could that could be printed here. That could be printed in this town. And uh, Russ Pond writes, uh, I was listening to today's pot. Just a minute, I got to itch my eye. I got to itch you. You got to scratch it, not itch it. Oh, Did you do the story, by the way, of the people that are leaving in droves of the state of California? Remind me. Or I did we talk done, about I, that I, out there? I have not done that. Because I found this, and I need to know if I didn't fact check it, but I found it interesting. There's a new California law speak going along, just what you said about out of Illinois, Joe. A new California law fines you $1,000 if you shower and do one load of laundry in the same day. I'm not kidding, it no, says. No, 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 no. That can't be no. right. Okay, so no. this is... is that from a 
That can't be but true. But this is from a guy that, that looks like he's a news reporter. That can't be true. It looks like he's a news what reporter. Are you, what it's are you, on the Twitter. How can it be false? <laughs> That's why it could be on the Twitter. Okay. Such, did you do the story about the corn that fell on the railroad tracks no, in Crystal? No, no, I'm trying to get to this. <laughs> How's this segment going so far? <laughs> we got her. I was listening to today's podcast, meaning yesterday's, about the predictions that never happened, and it reminded me of the Y2K boondoggle. At that time, I was a principal electrical engineer at XL, at NSP, working at Prairie Island Nuclear Plant, and we had spent several months analyzing various systems and computer software regarding the possible effects of the date changing to 1-01-2000. I was working on updating modeling and calculations of the DC power system throughout the power plant. The modeling software we were using at the time ran on Windows 3.1, but would not operate on Windows 95 or later versions of Windows. Hmm. IT people were having a fit with us using this software because Windows 3.1 would not handle later than 1999. I had to produce analysis of the DC system using a state using a date after 1-1-2000 to prove that it would work. It turned out that it worked just fine, since the only thing the date was used for was to print the date on the printouts of the calculations. I seem to remember that the printout defaulted to a nonsense date like 1900. Big deal. On New Year's Eve 1999, we had a significant number of plant engineers and managers working on standby all night long in case something bad happened on 1-1-2000. We pretty much sat around drinking coffee and twiddling our thumbs. Absolutely nothing happened at Prairie Island Plant or on the XL grid or after the rollover to 2000. A total fire drill for all of us, Russ Pond, Hastings, Minnesota. My point being that smart guys like him solved the problem. They took care of it. Can you imagine what a party that might have, must have been? A bunch, oh bunch of sober engineers at midnight <laughs> drinking <right>. coffee. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, you in the back. <coughs> yes. Me. The apology department for all four of you is open well, at any point in time I, that you want. John, yeah. keep your mouth I, shut. I already looked it up. It's I am playing this from KTLA in Los Angeles. All right, this one, I'm not sure how I feel about this. You're not going to be allowed to shower and do a load of laundry in the same day. I, I, I have the, the same misgivings. Um, doing a load of laundry takes about 40 to, to 50 gallons of water. Uh, what? Taking a shower for about eight minutes takes about 17 gallons of water. What? Well, there's a limitation on your daily use of water of 55 gallons per day. So that means if you are taking a shower and if you're doing a load of laundry, you can't do both without being in violation of the law. Um, there are some exceptions about this. There are some caveats. Uh, for instance, if you have a multi-person household, if you have four people in your household or three people in your household, that 55-gallon limit per day applies in, uh, for each person. So it, you could do a load of laundry um, if you have a multi-person uh, household. And, and okay. So who's going to police gonna, that? Yeah. How many gallons did he say? A, 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 55. No, no, 55. no, 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 no. What, what washing machine is he wor- using? There's yeah. no possible way. Oh Joe, uh, think of your own. I mean, when you're doing laundry yeah. at home, yeah, Joe, it does it. Gas or electric? Water or air? Where is it? <laughs> John, the, the, actual, the actual law is based on the 55-gallon thing, so you can do whatever you want with the 55 gallons. Uh, given the average shower uses 17.2 gallons of water, high-efficiency clothes washers uses 15. So you could do two loads of wash. Here's what I want to know. take a shower. Wow. Here's what I want to know. Is the legislation based on actual research that uh, highlights 
the need for this, or is this just whimsical, I love the earth nonsense from the salon? It's California. What do you think? Well, well, and it's actually an old story. This this law was passed in 2018. Yeah. But it says enacted in 2020, because this news clip I just played was from the uh, the second. Standards will be based on a formula made up of three main factors, an allowance of 55 gallons per person per day for indoor water use. So if you're a family of three, you're already up to 165 gallons. Uh, dropping to 50 gallons per person by 2030, as yet to be determined amount for residential outdoor use that'll vary depending on regional climates and the standard of water loss due to leak rates and water system wow. pipes, blah, blah, blah. But blah, blah, this blah. goes right along with Joe's been saying. You get fined $1,000 if you exceed that 55-gallon. I, I, I haven't been saying that. No, about how the government's going to tell you how oh, to well, act. Absolutely. But get this. $1,000 if you if you uh, go exceed 55 gallons, and if the government declares a drought per person, the fine per person, the fine goes up to ten thousand dollars. Does it feel it. like green tyranny yet? How are they monitoring? Uh, yeah, us? how do you find this out, John? Excuse me. That one thousand dollar penalty for excessive water use, uh, water use is only to urban retail water suppliers, not to individual customers. So. so if I have my oh oh wait wait say that again details what? details say that again what. Urban? The penalty of up to $1,000 per day for excessive water use referenced in many articles on this subject applies to urban retail water suppliers. I would assume that means companies, right, that supply. Uh, not, urban not, retail water suppliers. What I don't know that? what. I'm well, gonna... Not to urban, not to individual customers. The legislation instead would prompt water agencies to set methods and goals. So it would be the water agencies that would be fined. So uh, I'm assuming it's if you're hooked up to city water that supplies to you. If you have a well, you're okay? Uh, yeah, I would think so. The law defines an urban retail water supplier as a water supplier, either publicly or privately owned, that directly provides potable municipal water to more than 3,000 end users. Yeah. So let's just call it city water. It's city water. It's city water, exactly. But these so climate nutjobs. Joe, they're not going to find your family or your house. Wait, Joe, this proves what they said in that Australia article. The climate trials are already here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is already a reality. The first commenter had the best response to this, though. He just said, easy, just shower in your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. Say, uh, Mark advises us uh, you should always write out 2020 uh, rather oh, yeah. than abbreviate it. Uh, apparently, it's too easy for uh, hackers to, if you wrote a check, say, on 1 8 20. Uh, 20, that could be turned into you know, 2000 or 2002 or. I hate to I hate to uh, be the bearer of news that uh, you might not want to hear, but this was uh, this is old news. This was thoroughly covered on the uh, table Uh-oh. talk Uh-oh. with Rookie's family as a topic of discussion. So I just like you to know you're only a couple of days behind uh, we were, table talk with the podcast. We were having a good show. Well, it but, was good. Uh, no. <laughs> Took a left turn. Sushere's brain has left the building. <laughs> That's probably where you got it from anyway, because it's full oh, of information. You know what? He's stealing your material. He's stealing our stuff. What are you, Barrero? Come on. What else you got Whoa. over there, Joe? Hello? Wow. 
Come on, Dan. Todd Trainer writes, just want to thank you for rebroadcasting the Crusher shows. Oh, I had not heard them before, and I was spellbound and captivated listening to the stories. I'm in my late 50s, and my younger brothers and I used to watch wrestling on Sunday evenings. Of course, the Crusher was a favorite. Loved, loved, loved the shows featuring him. I'm originally from Wisconsin, just across, uh, across the border, not far off 94. I've been on the West Coast for about 35 years now. I want to thank you for making your show available via podcast. First, it's a great show, and it really connects me back to that area. Thanks for all you do. Regards, Todd Trainer, And another emailer, uh, Harlan Nelson writes, I live in the metro area and have enjoyed uh, Garage Logic for a long time. I have some of my coworkers in Ohio now hooked on the podcast. Nice. From time to time, they call me for explanations on some of the terms used <laughs> by the mayor, such as CI, 21st or CP, female fund limitation factor. I think it would be nice to explain these terms to the new listeners. All right. CI is your cylinder index. Mm-hmm. The goal is to be at your age or above. They can mm-hmm. be dead cylinders on a shelf. You just have to own the Don't cylinders. Do we have a website this is all on? Yeah, I Reavers, think so. well, the old, it was on the old one. I can't, I can't, what do you do around here anyway? The chief, the <laughs> CP <laughs> is the chief procurer. Female fund limitation factor refers to a, a project you're involved in that is just completely ruined by the female saying it's time for dinner. Uh, the 50-50-90 rule is when you got a 50-50 chance of being right, you'll be wrong 90% of the time. And the three prices you pay is the price you paid, the price you told her you paid, and the price you'll pay when she finds out the price you paid. Perfect. Gold fishing. That's when you uh, uh, continually replace the same colored piece of equipment with something new so Dude. nobody will ever find oh out. Oh, my God. You yeah. don't have to go public with all of this I know, stuff. I know, but it's part of well, it. She'll figure it out. Yeah, 48-hour rule. Uh, uh, you 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 bring on. It usually applies to items of a kind: outboard motors, snow skis, yellow snowmobiles. What what are you doing? If she There's notices a, it on the 49th hour, you get to say <laughs> that's been around here forever. There's a reason why all my snowmobiles have always been blue. Right? If you just shut You're your mouth, <laughs> you want to know about permission? Yeah. No, don't tell us it. No, don't. Well, permission. Keep is it gonna, to yourself. Well, permission is. <laughs> Important, isn't it? I mean, well, I think so. You're driving down the road and you you, you see a Porsche, and uh, she says, "Gee, that's a nice color." And then you bring that car home, and, and you get to say, "Well, you told me you liked it. Right, right. You damn near ordered me to buy it." And then you sleep on the deck for yeah. the next six yeah. months. It's like if you got yourself a birthday gift, you know, it's uh, just kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, I got more questions about mine's this. arriving tomorrow. <laughs> and I bet it's the same. Kidding. I bet it's the same color as the last it one. Is. <laughs> They all red. That's right. <laughs> all red. Yeah. Which one are you taking? The red one. What's yeah. your question? Tom? Well, I have more questions on the water thing again. Oh, oh my God. Oh, Thanks a lot, Reaver. Sorry. Well, here's the deal. First, if it's 55 gallons a person, do they go by the last census? How many people are in your house? How will they know? Oh, well, yeah. What if what if the kids you used to have are yeah. up from Chicago? What device and, is used to measure the 55 gallons? Well, there's a. We all have water. We have meters. We have, you know what they'll get to. You'll, you'll experience water shutoff after 55 oh, gallons. Absolutely. Well, and, and oh. the, what made me think of this is it's I, I went estimates how many people or how much how many gallons people use. Yeah. 80 to 100 gallons for each person generally in a US, United States household. Per day? Per day. Really? So, But how are they going to know if, uh, say, uh, say my kid moves out, how are they going to know if I have right. two or three or four or five? Or I don't know the answer to that. Huh. 
but it'll be something Orwellian. It will we'll, invar- we'll involve create, a large bureaucracy. We'll create a department with to uh, find television out. screens monitoring your uh, when your wife takes a shower. What yeah. do you do if you ride? Wait a your, minute. What? Or you Sorry. take a shower? Whatever. <laughs> what if you ride your bicycle to and from work? You get home at night. Your butt stinks. You got to take a shower. Oh. You'll be given extra bonus points because you used a bicycle. Oh, you'll, you'll be allowed oh. more. Water. You'll get fifty-seven oh. gallons. You'll, so <laughs> behavior modification. You will receive sixty gallons, Kenneth Olson. You rode your bike today. That's the world we're facing. They're legislating our, our lifestyle. Climate trials. Yeah. It'll be like the. Uh, uh, the lottery numbers, when you go into the uh, convenience store, the red ones, it'll tell you how much units you have left. You have four units left. All members of the Reavers family used public transit today. Therefore, you may oh. be allowed to set your air conditioning this evening to 79 degrees. Oh, <laughs> man, you are right. Uh, okay, uh, then. Mm-hmm. Just shower with your clothes on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's you come guys, back with John. You guys think we? I'm a crackpot because I want to move to the woods and be left alone. <laughs> Jeez. Did you ever think common sense would be this much fun? Joe Suchere. Hey, car lovers, go to YouTube and find something called uh, Fiat 500X Back to the Future. You'll get a big kick out of it. I'm talking about the kind of Fiats you can get at Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. Family-owned dealership, one of the few last really true family-owned dealerships in town and the first Volkswagen dealership in the region. Uh, you can find out more at Schmelz, that's S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, and SchmelzFiat.com. I like cars that were built with passion. I like cars that have history. I like cars that have panache. I've had a couple of Volkswagens. I've had a couple of Alfa Romeos. I'm uh, I'm fated, I think, to end up in a Fiat 124 Spider before the end of my days. And uh, this is absolutely where I would get it, is Schmel's Countryside. And by the way, GLers, when you go in there, uh, tell them that the uh, GL podcast sent you, and they'll sign you up to win a $100 Blue Plate Restaurant gift card. Cool. Just oh, for yeah. being in the showroom and checking these out. If you haven't seen these Fiats, I uh, I really recommend it. Um, they're, they're, they're what we call funky. Give me that uh, model number again so I can judge you. Fiat 500X. <laughs> Fiat 500X. Uh, The truth is now that more than ever, regional and national conglomerates own the dealerships you're shopping Mm -hmm. at. It's an SUV. Yeah, it's it's very cool, but it's very... It's not... uh, I thought it was going to... Fiat offers a wide range of uh, sizes. But I thought it was going to... He wanted to go vroom, vroom. I'm going to find you the Fiat you should own. You just keep I doing I know you. the Fiat no, I should no, own. No, it's no, the you, 124 no, Spider. looks right at okay. I told you, it's the closest you'll find in the year 2020 to a spider. new MGB I think what he's saying is Triumph. Kenny's saying, hush, hush, I'm okay. going to spend your money. I, I take it back. The, the, the 124 Spider, never mind the SUV. You need that Spider. I know I do. That yeah. is a cool I know car. Permission. Let me tell That's you permission. something about Alfa Romeo, too. People think, Alfa Romeo, oh my God, I'm not going to look. That's over 100 grand yeah. go shock yourself go shock yourself and look at the window prices it's just amazing they're wonderful cars and uh i've had great personal experience there and i will continue to schmelz vw alfa romeo uh, romeo and fiat it's on the uh, southeastern quadrant of highway 36 and 61 in 
Maplewood. I can shock myself. <laughs> shock myself by taking a look. Yeah. Never mind that. Uh, I want you to make make sure, Suits, you get the Fiat Spider that has the uh, lobster on the hood. That's that's your so, calling that's card. So Let's go. That's, look at look at. There's a lobster on the sure, hood. Sure, like oh, yeah. a little. Yeah. What do we call that? Here comes the lobster man. All the neighbors just be riding <laughs> him. Rev it up a bit. Are you ready, Johnny? Hank? I am. Okay. Let's read some news. Yeah. Authorities in Chisago County uh, say they've got a bit of a mystery on their hands. They found a burned-out vehicle Tuesday. They're not sure where it came from. County Sheriff's Office said the vehicle was found at the Sunrise Ferry Road Landing. Deputies were able to locate a Mazda hood emblem and a partial license plate. They think the vehicle was abandoned between Friday and Sunday. If you have any information, you're asked to contact the Chisago County Sheriff's Office. Did you see where our buddy Sheriff Fitzgerald in yep. Barron County's back in the news? Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy who went missing in 1982 has finally been identified. Yeah. A white bear guy uh, who died in 1982, and only now uh, with modern DNA testing were they able to determine it was mm-hmm. a, ki- a guy from White Bear. Mm-hmm. You're, it, was, uh, it was a murder. Yeah, you're a famous author. Which one of those two real life stories would you start your book, your next book with? Uh, Burned out car or a, a guy from the 80s? A guy from the uh, the 80s. Yeah. They're both fascinating. Yeah. 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 In Duluth, Lake Superior Brewing, the city's oldest microbrewery, has closed its doors. What? Reeves. Reeves. What's this? I don't know. Founded in 1994, new owners took over in 2017 and brought a new label, new cans, and new energy to the tap room in a local beer market that was saturated. The owners, Lars Kunau and Lisa Blade, have not returned a request for comment about the closing. It was confirmed, though, by a landlord, King Properties Vice President Jesse King, who said parts of the business were for sale. Tucked away in a Lincoln Park office complex on West Superior Street, Lake Superior Brewing predated the rise of craft brewing in the region. They really did. The Fitgers Brew Pub opened in 1995, but the rest of the local tap rooms have only opened in the past decade, thanks in part to a change of state law. A lot of folks opened just down the street from this brewery. Two cideries and another brewery, Ursa Minor, are a few blocks away, and Bent Paddle is did just you ta- a Did you say east. cideries? Yeah, there's two, there's two brand new Never heard that up. term before. Well, cidery. There's one here, you know, like Sociable Cider Works. Well, and I know what a cider is. Oh, oh. Ooh, okay, I was trying to help works. you out. I, I never heard the term. Okay. But what John's <laughs> saying is kind of what's happening here, too, in the Twin Cities, that the saturation point is, is kind of hit, hit We're stride there. here. Well, I get, I'll get i get an email once every six weeks from someone that's trying to open up a brewery. Do you have any advice? Not any advice, but could you point me in the right direction? I say, if you're not making incredible beer, don't waste your time. Because there's just too much competition out there right now. And Duluth, by the way, very underrated yeah. craft beer scene. Let me know Chris, when you're done talking. I, the, need, I need to say something. Go, then go then Chris says, and you'll have to send me a sample so I can tell so you. So I can yeah, talk about it on the show. Yeah. Right, exactly. Ahead, Earth Rider, by the way, is the new one that you were talking about up in Duluth. Kenny, Captain Cidery. Uh, they make an Abarth version of that spider. I know that's the one I want. <laughs> Abart, it's called. Abart. Abart. Well, I'm from uh, Douglas County. We, we say Abarth. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be fun to have an MGB or a Triumph TR6 that where the top actually went up and down? But you could do it by yourself without rigging in four neighbors to help you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know anybody? Wouldn't that... it be fun that the windows went all the way up to the top and the heater and air conditioning worked? Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be neat if they had a radio? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one twenty-four. Wouldn't it be nice to ride with a guy that wouldn't let you roll the windows down? 
Oh, I did right. that the other day. It drove me crazy. <laughs> the guy wouldn't let me roll down the window. He'll break it. He'll break it. Yeah, and the same should... guy that wouldn't let me smash coffee beans in the street. <laughs> and we should let people know that you were in a warm climate, so you, the window should have been down. Plus, so. he had a cold, so it was I was felt trapped. Right. You, yeah. you yeah. felt it festering in the car. I did. <laughs> By the way, you can hear that interview with Earthrider uh, at the Beer Show page online. Oh, I didn't know at that. Podcast <laughs> One, yeah, the Beer Show. Can I, do you want a little time out for an aside, John? Sure. I, I saw this yesterday. I hung on to it. It just kind of amuses me. Chelsea Clinton raked in $9 million since 2011 for her work on the board of an Internet investment firm controlled by a pal of her mom's. The former first daughter since 2011 has received an annual retainer of fifty grand for serving on the board of IAC Interactive Corp., which is controlled by business and television mogul Barry Diller, according to the financial publication Barron's. But it's the $250,000 worth of restricted IAC stock units Clinton received on top of the retainer that led to the windfall. Wow. Clinton reported to the Securities and Exchange Commission last month that she owned $8.95 million worth of IAC stock. Hmm. Stock prices for the company, which has an ownership stake in several ventures, including Tinder, Vimeo, and Home Advisor, have surged since 2017. Uh, Clinton, a graduate of Stanford, Oxford, and Columbia, began her career working for a management consulting firm, McKinsey and Company, and investment firm Avenue Capital Group. She then earned six hundred grand a year working as a special correspondent for NBC News in 2013 and 2014. In March of 2017, she was named to the board of Expedia Group, earning an estimated two hundred and fifty thousand bucks. Diller, a donor to Chelsea's mom, Hillary Clinton, also controls Expedia Group. And I only mention this because it's just a reminder of it's not what you know, no. it's who you know. Oh, absolutely, it's yeah. who you know. <laughs> wow. I've always wanted to be on a board. Me too. Uh, I'm doing some board work. You're on a couple. I'm on a couple boards. I've yes. never been on a board. But I'm available for General Mills, Target, <laughs> uh, whoever wants me. Uh, I have a Royals story, and Joe, you're a Royals expert. I love the Royals. Although I think I think Meghan Markle is going to prove to be the Yoko Ono of the royal well, family. This story Ooh. involves Meghan, and Kenny's confused, as am I, about this. Okay. Uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle said Wednesday they, quote, intend to step back as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, sure, you can. And step back from what? Step back from having to show up at a local village to cut the ribbon on a new park or something. So this is her call. Well, I think she's the Yoko Ono of the yeah. royal. She's going to break them up. Yeah, break them up. Break them up. Break them up. Break up the Beatles. Break them up. Yes, Yoko she did. Ono did not break up. Uh, the Beatles. You know what? Let me have my say. Okay. Well, plus, She's, uh, remarkably pretty. The chances of Harry Yoko ever Ono? seeing the throne are minimal. Uh, who's the other guy? We got Willie, the older brother. Yeah, we'll see. Well, you got Chuck. So his mom Chuck. goes. You got Chuck. Then you got She's Willie. She's never going. She's made us something. I don't know. She's never going anywhere. Who? Queen. She's going to live to be 140. And then they, you got the kid. You got Will's kid would be after Will. Oh, well, it goes Will's kid first. Yeah. Yep. No, so. it goes Chuck. Chuck. Uh, Will. Will. And then Will's kid. Willie. Yeah. I think he's Willie. Whatever Jr. his kid's Sorry. name is. Sorry, I brought this story yeah. up. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I also read, John, they intend yeah. to live in Canada. They Well, no, they say they're going to split their time between the UK and North America. Hmm. They say the geographic balance will enable us to raise our son with an appreciation for the royal tradition into which he was born, while also providing our family with the space to focus on the next chapter, including the launch of our new charitable entity. You know what? I think she's no go, though. No. 
<laughs> really? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think so. No, no, I you're think wrong. So. No. Well, here we go. Wait, no. I'm gonna, so pretty. I've got the line of succession. Here we go. We All right. Rook, we know it. No, because yeah, I think we're this wrong. Is, there's been some changes, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, Queenie is current. <laughs> yep. Charles is next. Got it. Prince William, Duke of Cambridge. Yep. Prince George of Cambridge. Yeah, the kid. Then Princess Charlotte of Cambridge. Oh. Prince Louis of Cambridge. And then Prince wow. Harry. Yeah. So if they keep popping them out, Harry just keeps getting pushed back in right, line. Right, right, right. Tens of thousands of people. What if you were number 18? Zara Tyndall. You know, like, who in the hell are you? You know? <laughs> She's like, I'm here for the free. Like she like that? She's kind of like that. If they could just wipe everybody out, I'd be ready and wringing your hands. Are they all super wealthy? Are there any that live in a trailer park, like Cousin Eddie? No. <laughs> Who's the Cousin Eddie of the Royals? The, the Mountbatten's that are just kind of the blue collars? Crapper's full. <laughs> yep. Twitter's full. Twitter's full. Tens of thousands of people lined up outside eight dispensaries in Chicago to buy recreational marijuana. That's during all the f- Chicago needs. First week of legal sales. It might calm people down. Maybe. But at the ninth store selling the newly legal drug, there were no lines. Instead of forcing people to wait in the cold for hours, Dispensary 33 asked eager customers... you got to do the voice and character when you get to the quotes. Okay. Asked eager customers to share a cell phone number, like when you go to a crowded restaurant, and when the table's ready, they text you. No, it's... Like when, when you, you go, go to the crowded restaurants and they I'm text sorry. you, man. I didn't know that's where the quote was, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that comes from Brian Zizes, co-owner of the cannabis shop on Chicago's north side. The dispensary texted dozens of people each hour on the first three days of recreational sales, funneling them into the store from opening at 9 a.m. to closing at 9 p.m. That's semi-brilliant, isn't it, Joe? Yeah. You know, maybe Roycey was on to something. We need to get into he cannabis. He wanted us to get into the cannabis investments. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy if, you, if you're Pipe interested. Piping hot stock tip. Well, you know what, though? It's probably a good business to get into. Rookie here. Yeah, I'm available Rookie for endorsements. I can't smoke it, but I'm available for endorsements. Ziza said we've been trying to get a sustainable approach in a very unknown market. <laughs> but it's actually all I need is a cool bud. These waves. <laughs> it's pretty brilliant. So none of his customers had to wait in line. No, uh, the dispensary stopped selling recreational marijuana on Saturday and Sunday. Sales resumed Monday, but the shop ran out within. Three hours. The connection dried up, dude. We're still we're still waiting. He said there could be a lot of blinkers left on in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> they're all sitting. They're all sitting in the parking lot with their blinkers right. on. Nothing's gonna move. But no. Everyone's gonna have a blinker on. Yeah, maybe crime will go down. There was a great picture of uh, Chicago skyscrapers last week when this went into effect with all the clouds around yeah, and it said yeah. Chicago on the first day of legal marijuana. Right. So do you, do you guys know in what the details are of the law? Can you go to like the Blues Fest now in Grand Park and sit there and puff on a big Bob Marley? I guess. I, I don't know. I yeah. guess. Taste of Chicago on the 4th of July is Except these a are the fun, same poli- this is the same political class that doesn't want you to smoke cigarettes. That's true. Mm-hmm. But now they can make money off but of it. But it's the whole state of Illinois so you don't yeah, have to go. You can go to Naperville or, or one of the classy neighborhoods. I have a question. <laughs> Not to take a dark turn, but you know the real estate gal that was murdered? That is a dark turn. Monique somebody. But uh, it was... It turns out that she was murdered by the rival yes. uh, yeah. drug dealer yeah. of her boyfriend, yeah. correct? She yeah. was yes. living with a drug dealer boyfriend, and but he was he the lived. rival. Because he was also... Right. He, was he shot got shot twice. Twice, but lived. lived. But we don't know that he wasn't involved in the hit on her. It was a completely separate incident, it correct? It was a completely separate incident. Why so why would they... Well, I'm asking, why would they target her? 
I don't know. Well, as if he was the rival. As revenge, don't you think? I mean, what, uh, what brings on this non sequitur? Because it was, he was a drug dealer. Oh. oh. Uh, are you doing the story about Bloomberg being in town today? He's out on some farm out by uh, Wilmer. Okay. I'm not sure. Thanks for the help. I had that yesterday, Sealed. but uh, but we didn't get to it. <laughs> well, so. I hear he's going to extend life expectancy. For everybody. Yeah, right? I, I think so. Great. Great. I think so. That's what his TV ads say. How'd you like to see that city at rolling up your driveway if you're oh, a farmer God. out in Wilmer? Ugh. Just uh, move no. along, pal. I, I think oh, I'd God. turn him around. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd come up with the spreader. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hit him with the spreader. In West Monroe, Louisiana, 41-year-old Candace Neal did not think this one through. She was busted for felony drug possession when authorities showed up to her house and found her methamphetamine stash cleverly hidden in a box labeled dope. (laughs) There we go. This will throw them off. It's just meth. It's not dope. Not a lot of details in the complaint, but the complainant, it says an unidentified complainant, reported finding the box and called police. Wow. When authorities got there on Saturday, they found the box, but not Neal. She was arrested later that night after being found hiding behind her residence. She's <laughs> can't see me. Uh, I'm, good, the wall. I'm invisible. Good plan. <laughs> Just like this. Straightened up. <laughs> Which uh, famous historical Vikings receiver was born in Monroe, Louisiana? Oh, Frank O'Hare. Teddy Brown. Sammy White. Sammy Leo White. Lewis. Damn it. Sammy White. Sammy White. Dope. That remind, that's what your ad would sound like, Matthew. Rookie here for dope. Dope. Do you <laughs> like to partake? And you're on the weed? Do well, you want the dope? Dope. Do you, you like to take the, the dope? Weed? <laughs> Say, I got a uh, non sequitur here. Um, not having anything to do with dope, but having to do when you. But if you have the munchies. You have the munchies. <laughs> Jack's Cafe is the place to go. Oh They've got all God. sorts of great appetizers. <laughs> now, Billy Kozlak has got a great attitude, and he's the third generation owner of Jack's Cafe. The family is wonderful, and they're in northeast Minneapolis, a great location. When you want to go out, maybe it's date night. I know the holidays are over. But listen, you still need to have a great night out with your honey. So take her or him over to Jack's Cafe. Ask for the Rookie VIP date night menu. It's $99. It's a four-course meal. Includes a bottle of wine and dessert. And you get to choose from several different items. It's a great setup and the ambiance is perfect. If you're planning your uh, party for next year, yeah, it might be a Christmas party, might be the family, whatever the case may be, it might be a wedding. They can accommodate up to 300 people. Or, Ch- well, it could be Valentine's Could be anything, yeah. Any party you want to go to, well, make sure you plan it at Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe is online at jaxcafe.com on 19th, uh, 20 at University Avenue Northeast, right at 20th. Tell them that the rookie sent you, and you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast, jackscafe.com, 5960. Here's a story with all kinds of weird, not surprisingly, from Florida. 20 year old man awoke last Tuesday to discover a male intruder at the foot of his bed sucking on his toes, yeah. according to the police report. Invest- I hate when that happens. Can't beat that, can you? <laughs> Investigators say the victim was sleeping in his bedroom when the suspect somehow entered the locked Bradenton residence. When the victim awoke around 3.30 in the hey, morning... Hey, buddy, I'm just here for the ball. Right? You're not here for the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Leave my feet alone. When the victim awoke around 3.30, his toes... <laughs> 
<laughs> did we? Why did you cut a hole in my sock? We <laughs> <laughs> just a big toe. It drives me crazy. I can't stand it. Did we have that toenail conversation oh. yesterday on the air? Or no, off the air? God, no. It was no, off the air. Was off, no, yeah. okay, because it yeah, brings off, me back yeah. to that conversation. Yes. We had. How do you do it? What happened, John? Police report says while that, you're down there. <laughs> police report. Check my pinky. Said the the victim arrested or asked, excuse me, the suspect what he was doing. Assuming he was about to be robbed, the victim declared he didn't have any money. In response, the suspect told him he was just there to suck his toes. That's okay. No charge. (laughs) I'm only here for the toes. You're not here for the money, are you? The victim, who was alone in the residence, then began throwing punches at the intruder, forcing him out of the house and into the yard. I can get you a toe. Please tell me you are wearing pants. As he was being driven from the home, the suspect told the victim he had a gun and tried to fondle the victim. However, a gun what was the never... the hell is wrong with Wait, people? who's the victim here? Well, the, the, the guy... victim is the guy who's sleeping. The guy, the guy had a house, Kenny. That's yeah, the victim. Have you ever seen my toes? No. Well, <laughs> never, never want to. This is just dreadful, The odds John. of somebody saying, hey, I'm really into this, are very slim. This is not... This is uh, crazy. However, a gun was never seen during the altercation. You know what this guy was doing, Rook? He was rolling the dice. Rolling, let's see what happened. this guy's into go. it. After all this, uh, <laughs> the victim ran back inside the house and dialed 911. At that point, the suspect punched out the glass on the home's front window. The suspect fled before police got there. A canine was unable to locate the intruder, who was bloodied by punches thrown by the victim. Police used DNA swabs to collect blood evidence left on the victim. The intruder, the victim said, was a male between the ages of 20 and 25, bald, 5'11", 160 pounds. Uh, Cops have not arrested anyone in connection with a home invasion, which they have classified as a Felony burglary with assault and battery and felony criminal. Boy, mischief. I hope they get the guy. Oh. <laughs> what if he's a serial toe sucker? Yeah. Huh? We have. That was a failed superhero. I believe that was a failed mm-hmm. superhero. Yeah. This, really? this guy isn't a failed superhero. No. 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 Not at all. No. You weren't here for the money. Yeah. Yeah, we call. know, Kenny. Don't worry about it. Anybody going to France? Kenny's jiggling his keys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to France. I need a light bulb. And well, they, they sell the good light bulb. How about an LED uh, environmentally friendly light bulb? How about not? Poop okay. on that. Give me the <laughs> real light real Give me a light Thomas bulb. Edison no, yeah. light bulb. You know who says, come on in if you want your energy efficient light bulbs? Mike. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to frats in. and I'm going to dicker about the price of bags. <laughs> Hey, I'll give you three cents, yep. frat. What three cents. I'm right? giving a, you a nickel. That's not a nickel bag. <laughs> well, Wait that's not in effect in St. Paul, is it? Just but frat has Minneapolis locations. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Minneapolis. Well, that's huh. Kenny's store. Is it yeah. what, Lake Street? Yeah, Lake Street. Can't beat a hardware store. <laughs> frat Aloni's Ace Hardware. Joe was just dancing. He was. Well, it's a perfect close. This you know, is really good close music, Johnny. Speaking you of clothes, we have brand new stuff at the Garage Logic store. GarageLogic.com. Isn't that a different kind of clothes? New wares. Yes. All right. Well, it's true, though. I've seen the just launch. You just click on the button and you can order whatever you'd like. People still have birthdays and anniversaries. Kenny? Uh, you know what day it is tomorrow, don't you? Hope day! The ninth. Positive, Positive Thursday, Thursday. Brought to you by Schoonover Body Works and Glass. Nice. Are we almost out of time? Yeah, right. we are, but Rook, I just want to say thanks, because, you know, I wrote this. So You did. I, 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 I love it. This. I love it. And if you are a new listener, click on that podcast button, subscribe, and tell others about all the podcasts waiting for you at garagelogic.com.